Today we are going to hear from Becky Gordon at Interface, the first flooring manufacturer to release a carbon negative product. Since 1994, they set out bold ambitions to eliminate negative impact on the environment, and today they are proud to have their Mission Zero commitment, becoming the first global flooring manufacturer to sell all products as carbon neutral across their life cycle. Hi Becky, thanks for joining the What's the Big Idea podcast. Please tell us about yourself. Hi Rachel, thank you so much for having me. So I'm Becky and I am the Regional Sustainability Manager for Interface and I cover the UK, Ireland and the Middle East. I've worked for Interface for over 11 years now in lots of different departments, but I found my home in the sustainability team. Um, just to give you a bit of background on Interface, Interface are a global leading manufacturer of very lovely flooring, including carpet tiles, LVT and Nora rubber flooring. Thank you, Becky. Wilmot Dixon has an ambition that by the end of 2040, all of our buildings and major refurbishments will be delivered with net zero embodied carbon. We are really interested in Interface's approach to embodied carbon and understand you are the first flooring manufacturer to launch a carbon negative product. Can you break down some of the definitions regarding embodied carbon and carbon negative for us? Yes, of course. So we are so, so excited about our, our new range that we've launched in the last month or so. It's a huge, huge step forward for us and hopefully for the industry. And um, so just to give you a few definitions, um, embodied carbon is something that listeners might have heard of quite a bit recently. It is a huge issue within the industry. For a long time, the built environment has focused on operational carbon, which is the carbon emissions um, related to the in-use phase of a building. For example, the energy used for heating and lighting. But embodied carbon, which is the carbon footprint of the product used, and it's been somewhat overlooked. Um, when we're looking at the combination of embodied carbon and operational carbon, it's called whole life carbon. Um, and the best example I can think of in terms of what those different types of carbon are is if you consider a mobile phone, the metals and plastics to make up the phone, the manufacturing of that phone, the transport of that phone to factories and to shops, and the end of life process when you're finished with the phone, all contribute to that embodied carbon, whereas the using and the charging of the device would be classed as operational carbon. And in terms of carbon negative, a carbon negative product or material is one that actually results in there being less carbon in the atmosphere from it being produced. So with our new carbon negative product, it means that there is now less carbon in the atmosphere than had that product not been made in the first place. So it's a really, really exciting step. Carbon seems to be a huge driver in Interface's approach to its products. Why has this been such a focus for you? So sustainability as a whole has been a focus for us for the last 27 years now. And we've been measuring the carbon footprint of our products since the mid 90s. And we've been reducing our carbon footprint since that point. And the reason that carbon is so important is it's quite simple. Too much carbon in the atmosphere is causing our planet to warm. It's, it's that simple. It's the biggest challenge that we face as a planet. Um, 
I don't know if you saw David Attenborough's um, Netflix series that he did that was A Life on Our Planet, which actually set out a timeline for the effects that climate change will have on our planet and equated that to the amount of carbon in the atmosphere as well. So it's something that as a society we need to address, but at Interface it became really clear that, you know, our sustainability work over the last 27 years is all about, you know, doing less harm. But it's clear that that's not good enough anymore. We need to go beyond doing less harm and actually do good. And that's where our focus on carbon really started. Um, and that started in 2016 with the launch of our climate take back mission. So that leads us into what does what are you actually doing to address the issue of carbon? <laughs> We've been doing lots and lots. So since climate take back was launched in 20. 16 and um, we've doing, been doing lots and lots of different things so climate take back has four pillars as a mission it has um pillars around you know hitting zero it has pillars around working with nature and it has a pillar around leading the in industrial re-revolution but its fourth pillar is around carbon and specifically like how we can reduce the amount of carbon in the atmosphere so one of the first things we did was in 2018, we launched our carbon neutral floors program, which ensured that all of our products, whether it's carpet tile, LVT or Nora rubber flooring is carbon neutral for its entire life cycle. But we've also done a lot more since then. So we didn't think that we've got to carbon neutral. That's our job done. That was just kind of the start of the process. So since then, we've continued to try and reduce the footprint of our actual products. And we've done this primarily through introducing carbon negative materials into the product. So we launched a new backing at the end of last year, which was a backing that incorporated carbon negative materials, which reduced the overall carbon footprint of the product by a third. So a really exciting step. And that's now the standard backing on all of our global carpet tile ranges. And then a few weeks ago now, we launched the first carbon negative carpet tile, which was, like I said before, an incredible step for Interface, who carpet tiles are primarily made from virgin petrochemicals. So to move to a product that's, you know, predominantly recycled and bio-based and is carbon negative was a really exciting step for us. Can you explain how the life cycle analysis of your products are evidenced? Yeah, so Interface have EPDs, which are environmental product declarations for all of our products. EPDs are really, really useful documents. They are um, independently registered and verified. So they're done by an external organisation and they essentially show you what is in that product. So similar to if you were to buy yogurt from Tesco's, you would have a little thing that gave you the fat and the protein and, and what was in it. It just gives you that, but for a product with what materials are going into it and what the carbon footprint print is across the life cycle of the product. Another reason that EPDs are so useful is that it allows you to compare different products. So you can compare different products from the same manufacturer, but it also allows you to compare products from different manufacturers. So it gives you a really good basis for choosing sustainable products without having to rely on certifications that 
companies may or may not have bought into. This is literally just an independently verified document of what is in that product and gives you the, the carbon footprint. How does the journey of the product lifecycle work and what part of the of the product lifecycle has the biggest impact? So it varies for different products, obviously. So the typical life cycle of a product starts with its raw material extraction. There is then the transport to the factory. After that, obviously, the product gets manufactured. It then gets transported sometimes directly to site, sometimes to a third party like a, a flooring contractor or a distributor. The product is then installed, it has use and maintenance, and then it has end of life. And it doesn't really matter what product it is, they all have a really similar product life cycle. But different products will have different impacts at different stages of those life cycles. So if you were to imagine a product like a washing machine, for example, that might have a really big impact during its use phase because it's using lots of energy to work. Whereas if you take our products, for example, with flooring, the biggest impact, regardless of which of our finishes you're looking at, is in the raw materials. So over 50% of our impact of our product is in those raw materials. So it's what we're making our product from that really matters. We get challenged a lot about um, the transport of our products. So, you know, if we're, we've made them in the Netherlands, for example, and they're being shipped over here, is that a big problem? Well, if we look at the actual data, the life cycle of that product, the transport is only three to four percent of that overall impact in terms of carbon footprint. So while we do need to address it and make sure that we're choosing the most sustainable options at every single one of those life cycle points doing that life cycle and now allows you to think where should i actually focus like where should we spend our time and resources and for interface it's been clear you know since we first did life cycle analysis back in the 90s that it's our raw materials where we really need to spend our time and make sure that we were making them as sustainable as possible and reducing the footprint of those raw materials can you tell us more about your specific programs in terms of carbon? Yeah, so we've got two two programs which are, are sort of most relevant, I would say. The first is our carbon neutral floors program. So carbon neutral floors, as I mentioned previously, was launched in 2018 and it ensures that all of our products are carbon neutral for their entire life cycle. So as we sort of mentioned in the previous question, there's lots of different phases to the life cycle of a product. And what we wanted to do is ensure that we took responsibility for that full life cycle. So typically, manufacturers report on their carbon footprint of their product being that first few stages of the life cycle. So the raw material extraction, transport to factory and the manufacturing process itself. So it's referred to as cradle to gate. So essentially the cradle, the raw material extraction through to the gate, to the point where the product is ready to leave the factory. Um, and that is what manufacturers report as their carbon footprint. So all of our carbon footprints that we put on our website will be for that cradle to gate element. And the kind of reasoning behind that is that once a product leaves the factory, you have limited control over the emissions of your product once it's, it's left the factory gate. So we can't control how the product is cleaned and maintained, and we can't necessarily control end of life. 
However, at Interface, we acknowledge we're making a product, we're sending it out into the big wide world. So we do need to take responsibility for that product for its full life cycle. So our carbon neutral floors program takes the average life cycle of the carpet or the LVT or the Nora rubber flooring and offsets that entire life cycle. We use um, third party verified gold standard or gold standard equivalent offsets and they're in projects around the world. So things like renewable energy, so solar, we um, use reforestation offsets and we also have offset programs which are things like replacing cook stoves. So taking really inefficient cook stoves and, and making more efficient ones. So there's lots of different things that um, we buy offsets um, credits for. The next programme that Interface have that is um, also really good for the carbon footprint is thinking about that end of life piece. So obviously when we're thinking about the carbon footprint of the product, we think about that full life cycle. It's all very well making a sustainable product, but if you don't think about what's going to happen to it at the end of its life, then you're not really thinking holistically about the sustainability of that product. So that's why we have a take back scheme called reentry. Um, with our reentry program, we have been doing it with carpet tile the longest, so we're further along with carpet than we are with the other finishes. But effectively, we will take back our own carpet or LVT, but we'll also take back competitor carpet as well, providing the interface is going to be going into the space. So where you've got refurbishment projects, if you've got carpet tiles down on the floor, providing interface is going in, we can take whatever is on the floor back. Um, and with reentry, what we do is we have a waste hierarchy. So we prioritize reuse where possible. If you imagine carpet tiles are almost over-engineered, they're designed to last for a lot longer than often they are on the floor for. So our products have a 15 year warranty, um, but quite often after you know five to seven years, the company decides they want to refurbish or they move out of a space and somebody else comes in. Um, so there's, that product ends up getting taken up. So that product isn't used to the point of having to throw it away. So if we can reuse that, that product, it means we're extending its life for as long as possible. So the way that we do it at Interface is we work with several different partners across the UK who take back the product and then sell it on for real low cost, usually into um, housing associations and charities. So it ensures that not only is it having environmental impact because we're extending the life of that product, but we're finding nice social impact as well in terms of getting it to people that might not necessarily be able to have carpet on their floor otherwise. And that all has a big impact on the carbon footprint, because if you can reuse something, ultimately, that's the lowest carbon footprint possible for that end of life. And um, the other things we can do is we can repurpose. With our new backing that we launched last year, we can actually do recycling as well. So we can take it back in and, and recycle that back into product, um, which are all great solutions, but obviously require more energy than just reusing the product. So in the UK, we're trying to reuse as much as possible. As you can imagine, our target to achieve net zero embodied buildings is very ambitious, and we know we need all manufacturers on board to achieve this. Is there any learning you could provide to your competitors and other products in the marketplace? Well, firstly, I think that 
having big, bold targets is the first step. So Will McDixon's target is amazing because it is big and bold. And I think that when we look back in Interface's history and, and what we've done so far, that setting of really big, audacious goals is really important. So you set the goal. You don't necessarily know exactly how you're going to get there because with the resources, the technology, the supply chain that you currently have, it might be difficult. You might not see exactly how you're going to get to that target. But what that does is push you to really, really innovate and do things differently. And I think that's really important because if you've got a target that you know is super easy to hit, then it doesn't drive you as much to actually make change and be pioneering and innovate and do things differently. So that that that's the first thing is really setting those big audacious goals and not just kind of trying to go along with what other people in the market are doing. Um, the next big thing I would say would be collaboration. So you can't do a lot of these things by yourself. You have to collaborate. So historically, Interface's progress has come a lot of it from collaborating with those around us. So it might be our supply chain, it might be our customers, um, but we've had to collaborate to get to where we've got to. So for example, when we first started our sustainability mission in the mid 90s, our founder Ray Anderson challenged our supply chain and said, you know, who, whichever of you will come on this journey with us will win the majority of our business. Um, and that's exactly what happened. So there was a couple of yarns players in particular, which, you know, stood up and said they wanted to become more sustainable. And as a result, they have the majority of our business today. But not only that, because of what they've developed in terms of recycled yarns, they actually have a much bigger business with the rest of the industry. So we've kind of helped move the entire industry along. Their business has grown as a result of it. So that, that collaboration is key because we wouldn't have been able to get to where we've got to today without everybody else around us kind of in, in terms of our supply chain and our customers also moving in that direction. So they're the two big things I would say. What is your vision for the future with your knowledge of Interface? I think I've got a fairly positive vision for the future. So if we're looking at Interface as a company, our aim is to be carbon negative as an enterprise by 2040. So again, a big, silly, audacious, bold goal, which I've already said is, is super, super important. And I think we'll get there. I think that by 2040, it's fully realistic that we can be a carbon negative enterprise, which is brilliant. Because if you think that Interface are a company that, you know, we make flooring, most of the flooring that we make is predominantly, you know, historically was petrochemical based, virgin petrochemicals. So if a company like Interface can go from virgin petrochemical products to being a carbon negative enterprise by 2040, why can't others? Like everyone should be able to make at least some progress towards that, even if people aren't getting to carbon negative by them, because obviously different companies have different restrictions and things. But if everyone's moving at least towards neutral, then we can really make a difference. And I think that, you know, in the built environment, we've got such, you can view it as a responsibility. So the built environment is responsible for 39% of the global carbon emissions. You can view that as a bad thing and a responsibility and a negative thing, a weight on our shoulders. But it's also a really, really big opportunity because 
if we can make a difference, we've got such a big part of that global carbon emissions that if we can change, if, if as an industry, we can get better and we can significantly reduce our carbon footprint, then that makes a big difference to the world. And I think that not everyone's in that position. We literally create the world around us. We, we create the buildings. We, we have a real opportunity to really shape the future. And I think that's really, really exciting. So I'm very optimistic about the future. <laughs> if you could leave the listener with one thing, what would it be? So it's a little bit cheesy, but I've chosen a quote from our founder, Ray Anderson. And if any of the listeners kind of want to find out more about Ray, he, had, he did a TED talk, which you can find just by Googling Ray Anderson interface TED. Um, but one of his quotes is that we have a choice to make during our brief visit to this beautiful blue and green planet to hurt it or to help it. And I think that's just a really simple, nice way of looking at things. We're here for a short amount of time. What can we do in that amount of time? Thank you so much, Becky, for your time today. It's been really insightful and looking forward to seeing more about your journey and all of your products being carbon negative and hoping we can utilise your products to help with our ambitions. Thank you. Thank you so much to Becky and sharing the fascinating journey that Interface has gone on through time. It just shows how much one business can make a difference. A few takeaways I will leave you with today are how important collaboration is and although reducing carbon emissions in the built environment seems like a huge challenge today, there seems so much hope for new technologies, innovation and improvement. And I think we should take the positivity that Becky has shown and lead the way in reducing our embodied carbon and refurbishments by 2040.